Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Perky Avos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. For this week, we begin with Perek Hey Mishnah Yudalid, Chapter 5, Mishnah 14. Now, as I mentioned in previous weeks, this chapter deals with different sets of numbers. And we went from 10 to 7 to 4. And that's where we're currently holding right now. The Mishnah begins. Arba Midas Bideis. There are four types of temperaments. The Mishnah is listing for us the different types of people there are when it comes to the trait of anger and how people deal with their anger as well. Now, the Mishnah begins with the, with the different types. Number one, the first person that we're discussing is someone who is easily angered and easily pacified. So the Mishnah says on him, his gain is offset by his loss, meaning the positive aspect that he has about himself, that he is he gets pacified quickly, is offset by the loss of the fact that he gets angry very easily. So even though he calms down very quickly, that um, character trait, which is a positive, is outweighed by the negative of the fact that someone that he gets upset very quickly. So even though he has a good quality in himself that he he's able to be pacified, at the same time, the negative of him getting angry very quickly outweighs that good trait that he has. Number two, someone who is hard to anger and hard to fight and hard to pacify. Meaning, it's not so easy to get him upset. It takes something. It takes a long time for him to get angry. But once he does get upset, it's very hard for him to calm down. It's not so simple for him to get back to his good, original, happy mood. It takes a while. The Mishnah says on him, Even though he has this trait that it's hard for him to calm down, the fact that it's difficult for him to become angry in the first place sort of outweighs the negative of the of this trait that he that he takes a long time to calm down. So even though it's very hard for him to calm down, still the fact that it's hard for him to get angry, meaning he does not get angry so often. It doesn't happen. It only happens once in a while. So that in itself is a major benefit for him and is a major quality as well. Even if he's not able to calm down so much because he's going to get angry less. The third person of the Mishnah. Someone who is hard to anger and he's easily appeased. Meaning he, it's very hard for him to get upset. And even when he gets upset, it's easy for him to calm down and to be pacified. And what does the Mishnah refer to him as? Chassid. He is a pious person. He is a righteous person. 
So if somebody who it's hard for him to get upset, it's, he's not easily worked up. And even if he does once in a while get upset, he quickly regains his composure to get back to his cheery, happy self. That the Mishnah is referring to, that type of person, the Mishnah is being refer, referring to him as a chassid, as someone who is pious, someone who is righteous, someone is, who is a, on a higher level. The fourth type of temperament that the Mishnah lists is someone who is easily angered and hard to pacify, meaning he gets very upset on a whim. And once he gets upset, there's no calming him down. So this person has a double negative going for him. He gets angry all the time. And when he gets angry, he can't calm down. He continues to stay angry and to, and to be upset. Even for a while after, he doesn't even have the benefit of calming down quickly. It's a double negative, two things going against him. So these are the four types of temperaments, the character traits of people when it comes to specifically regarding anger, the different type of personalities that are out there. So you have, number one, someone who is angered easily, pacified easily. And the Mishnah says, even though he has a good trait, even though he has this good trait that he gets pacified easily, that is outweighed by the negative that he gets upset very quickly because he's just always getting upset. It's not a good thing. And on the flip side of that, you have someone who is, you have someone who is hard to anger and hard to pacify. So even though he ha- it's hard for him to be pacified, it still outweighs the, the fact that he doesn't get upset so often outweighs this negative that he cannot calm down so fast. And then the Mishnah lists the two extremes, the best and the worst case, which is the best case being someone who is hard to anger and easy to calm down. And we refer to him as a chassid. And on the flip side, someone who is easily angered and hard to pacify. And we refer to him as a wicked person. So there's a few ideas which I wanted to discuss tonight from this Mishnah that we could all use as a lesson for ourselves. The Talmud relates that the three ways you can truly know someone is bikisoi, bikasoi, ubikoisoi. That means if you really want to know the true essence of someone, you get to know him through his, his wallet, his anger, and his cup, meaning how he is when he drinks. And that's how you truly get to know somebody. Meaning, is that the way he acts all the time? The way he acts when it comes to money. If you do business with him, is it the same type of person? Is this individual have the same composure when he's upset, just like when he is not angry? Will he do things when he's upset that he wouldn't have done when he's not angry? Will he act differently? And similarly, when someone is under the influence of alcohol, they're, 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 um, they have less inhibitions. And many times, once the barriers are away, through the, that the alcohol removes certain barriers of a person, you get to see the true individual that's there. So this idea, 
that the way you really know if a person is who he says he is, is through his wallet, his anger, and his cup, right? How he acts in the situations, how he composes himself. Is it the same person or is it someone different? You know, I'm sure we can think of people that are very pleasant to deal with. They're very nice. They say, hello, how are you? How are you doing? They give you a smile. But maybe when it comes to doing business with them, they're a totally different person. Or, or when they get upset, you just don't want to be around them. There's somebody else. You don't recognize them. Maybe if they had a little alcohol, they're just the true essence of a person can be known through his anger, his cup, and his wall. And that's the expression that goes in Yiddish. When it comes to money, it's another world. Sometimes you have people like, like that this, that this um, teaching of the Talmud brings out. There's people sometimes that are the nicest people. When it comes to money, though, they're different people because the essence of a person comes out in these specific scenarios many times. Now, it's an interesting point, actually. A friend of mine told me that in some cultures, when a groom would come over to the prospective bride's parents' house, they would try to do things, I guess, to annoy the groom or the prospective groom-to-be, the groom-to-be, to see if that person, how would they react? What are they going to do? You know, if someone spills a cup of wine on him, is he going to blow up? Is he going is he, is he to maintain his composure? How is he going to act? And this is this idea to try to see if a person is the same wherever he is in life and whatever scenario he's in. Obviously, there are situations where people under, are under tremendous amounts of stress, and sometimes that's not who they truly are. But more often than not, in regular life situations, when you have these, when there's an inter, interplay between money, anger, drinking, you get to really get a true, a, a full picture of a person, who they really are and who they really are not. So that's one idea of this Mishnah. That after last Mishnah, we discussed money. The Mishnah discussed the different types of people when it comes to giving charity, to giving to others, to, to give, the Mishnah discussed the different types of people when it comes to our money and how we handle giving away to others, whether we give a lot away, we don't give away. And that was the first step, Bikisoy. That was the first teaching of this of the Talmud, that somebody we can know his true essence from his wallet. And continuing on this theme, the mission discusses the next step, which is kasoy, his anger. And that's why we continue, that's the continuation from the last mission to here. Anger is an extremely negative trait. And there's many Gemaras, there's many different portions in Talmud which discuss the negative aspects of the trait of anger. And one specifically that comes to mind is the fact how the Talmud says that one who gets angry, it's as if he's worshiping idols. 
Now, it's such a severe, it's so severe anger, uncontrolled anger at least, that it's compared to committing one of the three cardinal sins. Because as we know, committing idol worship is one of the three sins which a Jewish person is commanded to give his own life, his, give up, to give up his life for. That if someone would threaten someone to either give up their life or commit idol worship, he or she would have to give up their life and not do the sin of idol worship. So it seems that it's a pretty severe trait if left unchecked. Now, the commentaries explain on a deeper level the connection between the two. Because you might think to yourself, why should it be that someone who gets angry, someone who gets upset, should be considered as if he's worshiping idols? It seems a little bit extreme. It's a human trait. How could you have a claim on someone for getting angry? It's their nature. That it's it should be as if they're worshiping idols. Why is it such a severe transgression that we compare him to such a person? And the commentaries explain on a deeper level that when someone gets angry, he in essence is denying God. What do I mean? How is that? Because if you think about it, why do we get angry? Why do we get upset? Many times, and more times than not, it's because things don't work out as we planned. They don't come out how we wanted them to be. We think we know better. And a situation comes out that didn't happen as we saw it would be. And we get upset. We get frustrated. And many times, even if, that's, if, even if the reason why we got angry wasn't because of a situation, Many times, the if you take it back a little bit, that was the reason, the underlying cause that got someone angry. Maybe someone said something to you and that's why it made you blow up. But what was the real reason, the underlying cause? Is that something didn't come out as you wanted it to be? And we know, we believe that everything in this world is for a purpose. There's a master plan. God is running the world. Every He is intimately involved in every aspect of our life, in our lives. And he has a plan for us. We are where we're supposed to be. We're with who we're supposed to be with. The skills we have are the skills we're supposed to have. What's supposed to happen is supposed to happen. And no matter what we try to do and what we have in mind, if that's not what God has ordained, it's not going to happen. So when we get angry, because something didn't work out as planned. We missed the bus. Someone said something to us that we didn't like. We lost money on something. You could, each and every one of us could plug in the blank to the different things that make us, that make us upset. So in essence, when we get angry and upset about these things, we're saying we know better. We're denying that God has a plan that he's running the world, that he ha- he's, he's guiding our, our every step. Because if we truly believe that, I, that there's a master plan and Hashem's in charge, why should we get angry if we miss the bus? 
or had that loss of money or something happened to us. We stubbed our toe because it was divinely ordained by God. Hashem decreed that each and every one of us should have these challenges that we face. So if we believe that in our essence, there's no reason for us to get upset because it's supposed to be. Now, I'm not saying we should go to the extreme and you have to, you know, obviously a person is allowed to have emotions, but it's how we process it. Is it, you know, do we just let these emotions lead us to unchecked anger? Or do we have that realization that Hashem's in charge? And that's the connection between anger and idol worship. Because idol worship at the core is also denying that God exists. Saying that God is not around. And that's how the first sin of the golden calf happened. The first sin of idolatry, which was the golden calf. Was that the Jews thought that Moshe Rabbeinu died. And therefore they needed another messenger to God. And what happened, what it turned out to be, what it turned into was this deity or this eagle, this idol of gold which the Jewish people started worshiping. So that's the connection over here between Avodah Zarah and anger. That's what the Talmud means when somebody who is angry, unchecked anger, uncontrolled anger, is similar to someone who worships idols. Because just like a worshiper of idols is denying the existence of Hashem, the existence of God, so to someone who just gets angry at every situation because there's no realization of the plan of Hashem the master plan, how he's guiding us and, and leading us at every moment. Another point which I wanted to bring out from the Mishnah is the different levels of people that it lists in regard to anger. The four different groups. And we mentioned that there's two middle groups where they have some positive and some negative. And depending on what your positive is, it could outweigh or be outweighed by the other, right? And we also listed the two extremes. We listed the optimal of where we, we should be. That's what the Mishnah listed, that the best, the chassid, the righteous person, is someone who gets is hard to get angry, easily to be pacified. And we listed the wicked person on the other end of the spectrum, someone who gets upset all the time and is very hard to pacify. So what's, what struck me here is the fact that the top level of the Mishnah, the, the person that we, are, that we are all striving to be, the chassid, is not someone who never gets angry. It's not someone who never gets upset. The top level of the Mishnah that we list, that we are aspiring to be, is someone who's also upset. Maybe the top level, the optimal idea or the, or the best, why is it that the Mishnah only lists a chassid, a pious person, as someone who does get angry? Shouldn't it say somebody who never gets angry? We should never, we should aspire to never have the trait of, of anger, to have a temper. Why are we listing a person who does get angry at times. It might be hard for him to get angry, but he does get angry. It should have listed somebody 
who never gets angry. And that should be the, 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 the best person or the person we strive to be in the Mishnah. Why is it someone who does get upset? So there's two answers which I wanted to give tonight that it could hopefully we can learn from. The first answer is the fact that the Mishnah lists the chassid, the righteous person, as someone who is hard to anger and easy to pacify and somebody who he does get angry once in a while. It does happen to him because anger is something which is almost impossible not to have for a human being not to have. Maybe the malachim, the angels, can do this. Angels cannot are able to not get angry. But human beings of flesh and blood, it's almost impossible, if not impossible, to get upset. And we know Moshe Rabbeinu, our greatest leader, and maybe the greatest Jew that ever lived, got angry. And the Torah brings down different scenarios where he got upset at the Jewish people. It's hard for us to understand exactly what it means that Moshe getting angry, but the Torah lists it and says that Moshe, gets, Moshe Rabbeinu gets upset with the Jewish people at different times. So if even Moshe Rabbeinu get, get upset, all the more so us, that we can, it's, it's, it's something which is impossible to not have at all. Now, another answer, which really I feel ties into the first, is that you're right, it's, it's impossible for us to not have anger. And at the same time, it's also necessary at times for us to have anger. And that's why the Mishnah lists a chassid as someone who does have some trait of anger in him. Because we all need to have anger, emotion, passion for things that are important. What do I mean? I'll give you an example. When a child runs into the street, God forbid, and the parent grabs them back and prevents them from getting hurt by a passing vehicle, does the parent say, oh, so, such with a little, with a sweet tone in their voice, oh, please don't do that again, darling. No, the parent has to be stern and the parent has to give over emotion and be a little bit upset to give over the importance to the child that what they almost did could have killed them, God forbid, or hurt them tremendously. If a parent just says over in a, in a very lovey-dovey voice, please don't do that again, the little child doesn't get the message that, oh my goodness, this means something to my parent, and I really cannot do this again. So we see, we can understand where there's, there's a place to have anger, to have emotion, passion. So for things that are important, such as a child running to sleep, into the street, or standing up for the honor of Hashem, standing up for the honor of God, what's important, we need to have a little bit of anger to give over the message of how we truly feel about things. Because if we don't truly give over that emotion, the people we're talking to sometimes and many times do not get the message. 
It's only because we give our heart over, our emotions over, our passion over, are we able to give over and, and to transmit the message that this is something which is worthwhile to stand up for. This is something you should not do or you should do. So with these two answers, which I think go together, we have an understanding why the Mishnah lists the chassid, the top level, as someone who does have some anger. Because number one is we're human beings. It's impossible for us not to have anger. And number two is it's necessary to have anger in the proper scenarios and properly controlled. And the way I like to understand it is that unchecked anger is unacceptable. We cannot have unchecked anger. The anger that, we, that we're referring to of the chassid, I believe, is a different type of anger. And I think it could be understood with a parable or with a, with a lesson from nature. There's many times we hear on the news of different wildfires that rage throughout different parts of the world. And what happens? Something catches fire and there's brush on the ground and the fire just starts going because it's so dry. And it just, once it gets to a certain point, it becomes uncontrollable. And the fire could just catch onto anything. It could jump onto buildings. It could cross highways. It's just mind-blowing. Especially you add in the wind factor, the fires can travel a tremendous amount of, of distance. Now, if you ask anyone who's in forest management, there's something called a controlled wildfire. A controlled wildfire. What is this? Is that since we don't want to have fires just break out in forests, the forest rangers will go into a certain area of the forest and they'll start a controlled fire in a certain, with a certain methodology to burn up all the dead trees the dead brush, and they'll start a fire in the forest to clear it out to prevent in the future bigger fires. And I think this is a, I guess, a lesson for us when it comes to anger. The Mishnah seems, the Mishnah is teaching us that there is a place up for anger, but anger has to always be controlled. It can never control us. It can never get out of hand. We always have to have it under our dominion. We can't let things just go wild. And even when we're giving over that message where the anger is necessary to the child that ran into the street, to, to somebody who's doing something against the Torah, we have to have the anger, but it must be in check. We cannot let it take over our lives. And I think there's actually a dispute in the, in the commentaries whether a person should have just fake anger, he should just fake it. And according to other opinions, it's brought down that it's impossible to fake it. And a person is allowed to have a little bit of real anger there, but it has to be controlled. We can't just let it loose. I have um, a Rebbe of mine. He should live and, well, live and be well. And he always says, you can never say bye-bye to your brains. 
You always have to be in control. You can never just check out and get angry. And it really leads me to my next point of the Mishnah, is that if you look closely at the wording of the Mishnah, it says, it says, Arba midais bideyos. There are four types of temperament. Now, the word deyos, if you break it down, can mean two things. It can mean opinions. And it could also mean the shoresh, the, the core of that word of deyos, can mean da'as. Da'as means intelligence. And I think the Mishnah here is giving us a little lesson in anger, specifically, specifically in regard to our intelligence and, and our mind. Because really, we could, the Mishnah could have said there's four types of people that get angry. Could have said the word ka'as, which means anger. It doesn't say ka'as. It says deus. You know, it could have used a different phraseology to describe the four types of people when they get angry. What's the what's the reason why we use the word deus, which has a connotation of intelligence? And I saw in the Mayam Loes explains that the reason why the Mishnah uses the word deus is it's specific because there's a connection between intelligence and anger. The more control we have over our anger, over our temper, the more intelligence we have. And the less control we have over our, our temper, our anger, the less intelligence we possess. It's interesting. Think about it. The more we're in control, the more intelligence we have. The less dominion we have over our, our Anger, the less intelligence we have. Now, you might say, what does that mean? We get become less smarter when we're angry? And their answer is yes. People, when they get upset and it's unchecked anger, they lose their minds. How many times have we heard stories on the news of people getting into a small argument which ends up in fatalities, right? Someone cuts off another person ends up in a fatality. Someone uh, steps ahead of somebody in line, ends up in a fist fight. Um, somebody bumps into somebody, a fender bender, and you could fill in the blanks. I don't need to. This is things we hear about, unfortunately, all the time. What happened in these situations? These things are, are trivial, it seems like. They're trivial. Someone should give up their space on a plane or not, right? Ends up with somebody getting dragged off a plane. What happened in these cases? What is the common denominator of all these different situations? I believe it's anger. That when people don't have control of their, of their anger, of their temper, they lose any sense of intelligence, of reason that they possess. And they'll do things that they never would have thought they could have done. Right? They could end up killing somebody. And that's what the Mishnah is telling us, that when we are in control, we are smart, we are intelligent, but when we are not in control, we, we lose that intelligence. We lose that ability to, to make sane decisions, to make logical decisions, and we could do things that we totally regret we ever did.
So just that's one point which is important. We can never say bye-bye to our brains. No matter how upset we get, we always have to be in control. Because really, that's what makes us different from animals. An animal just gives into their instincts. A human being, we're able to control ourselves, to make decisions, to have that seichel, to know what's right and what's wrong. These are a few lessons from this Mishnah. So just to finish tonight, I wanted to give a, a few pointers of how a person can actually get in control of his anger. Yeah, I'm not a therapist, but just these are very general ideas and very easy. And I feel like as some as uh, I don't have to be a therapist to just to say these thoughts over with you tonight. The first idea of or the first way which I want to share with everyone of how to control anger is just knowledge. We have to realize and know that anger can be controlled. We have the ability within ourselves to gain mastery over this trait. We shouldn't just believe and think that since we were born this way, there's nothing I could do. This is the way God made me, and therefore I'm out. Check out. I'm done. There's nothing that can change me. We have to know that if we have a trait of anger, and some people have it more than others, we all have to believe and know that it can be under control. It might take work. It might be hard, but it's something we can do. So I feel step one for a person to get in control of their anger is knowing that it can be controlled. To believe that you have the ability to overcome this powerful trait. Step two. Another way or technique which I believe can help a person with anger is staying silent. What do I mean? There's a famous expression, it takes two to tango. That in order to do this certain type of dance, you need to have two people, a tango dance. You have to have two people in order to tango. It takes two to tango. And the phrase has been, I guess, adopted to mean that it takes two people to have a fight. You can't fight with yourself. When's the last time you fought with yourself? I don't think anyone here ever did that. Because you can't. You can't fight with yourself. You could be upset at yourself. You could be angry at yourself, but you can't fight with yourself. You be disappointed. And I think many times when people get into a situation of uncontrolled anger is when things become escalated. They get, they, instead of de-escalating, they get escalated to a higher level. But if we just can think for a moment before we lose control that I'm just going to be quiet now. I'm not going to escalate. We just keep our mouth closed. It's something which is not so easy, but I guarantee you, you'll feel better after you keep your mouth closed versus a situation where you just talked back and escalated and got more angry and more angry and you got into the hamster wheel of negativity and anger where you're just getting more angry and worked up and angry and worked up and you say something and say something and back to you and you get angrier and angrier and angrier until it comes to a place where a person goes, boom, it just, they explode. So the two tips I wanted to give tonight 
was knowing that it can be controlled, our anger, and just keeping our mouths closed and not escalating a situation and remembering the concept of it takes two to tango. With that, we're finished. We finished tonight's Mishnah. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Cohn with a K at gmail.com. Everyone, have a great day.